0: Well, they sort of music. Mean, sort of- Another sort of music. Focus, WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR-89.9-FM, this is Jazz Alternatives. My name is Mitch Goldman, this is going to be, I've been looking forward to this, I've been making these guys crazy, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Jason Moran is here, Alicia Hall Moran is here, and they've got a really exciting program coming up at... Carnegie Hall, which we're going to be talking about, and we're going to be doing the thing with some incredible live unreleased music. Amazing stuff you've never heard, like Nina Simone, it's going to be later in the show, and uh, an artist, is it fair to call a mentor of Jason Moran? This is the fantastic, beloved Jackie Byard, if you don't know Jackie Byard's music, you're going to be a Big Jackie Byard fan, I predict, in just a little bit. It's Deep Focus on WKCR FM New York. All wrapped up in a nice, neat bow, a beginning, middle, and an end, perfect every time. That's the way Jackie Byer does it, and I don't know if anybody knows that better than, well, our guest tonight, Jason Moran, and also here with Alicia Hall Moran, and you guys are taking over the big room <laughs> at Carnegie Hall. The big, yes, the big room. In a uh, week from Saturday. Week from 30th. Saturday. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I don't know if you have an opportunity to sit and listen to Jackie Byard all the time. What?
1: Uh, well, you know, I teach his music all the time. Now I teach, I used to teach at Manhattan School of Music, kind of occupying the position uh, that unfortunately he had to vacate. Uh, but, uh, because of his murder, I'll say it like that, so it's understood. And, um, and then I started teaching at New England Conservatory, where he also spent many years. So I only teach it at places where he really kind of laid some groundwork. And, um, and I share with my students the exercises he taught me, the way he listened, the way he thought about harmony, the way he about, thought about technique. And I know Alicia also used to come to some of the lessons that we'd have mm-hmm. at Manhattan School of Music. Do you remember those? Of course. And uh, and we, you know, and Jackie was a very patient teacher. He never quite told you what to do. He just showed you how he did it. And, you know, for four years straight every Monday sitting at two pianos with him, you got a glimpse of how a master works. There's nothing better than that, you know. Uh and uh, and so listening to him play this piece, you know, which I, I know and he I have the music for, like I know how to play half of it. <laughs> but, you know, like when he does this mega pound on the piano, oh, like, you know, like it comes through on the recording. Sometimes when you do something like that, it might flatten out on the recording, but somehow he got like, and I think that was one of the things is that he got a real sound out of the instrument and he wanted his students uh to really figure out their way, their pathway to finding their sound on the instrument, and a lot of what I do at the piano, when I hear him, it's just very clear where I come from. I come from Jackie Byard, uh, and I still think of that legacy that, as it lives like deep in my hand, uh, with how I spread at the keyboard. Um, but I, but yeah, this was magical to move to this neighborhood from Houston and go to school up the street, and you know, and be with Jackie Byard every Monday. Uh, Kind of handing my, having my hat handed to me every time we sat at the piano. Yeah,
0: he, I did not know him well. I had the honor and privilege of working with him a couple of times, and um, he, uh, so he could have been putting on a little bit of a show for me. I don't know. I mean, you got the real inside, but he, there always seemed to be a real, genuine grace mm-hmm. and allowing. I'm really impressed listening to this show how he lets everybody shine, even musicians who maybe didn't know that well, younger guys who mm. maybe hadn't played on a big stage like this before with right. somebody of his repute, and he's gives them the keys and yeah. says, step yeah, on Yeah, you know,
1: there's something that we talk about, Alicia and I talk about, we call it the, a porous stage, meaning, you know, like some bands or stages feel like there's definitely a concrete wall around who gets to get into that that place and but it's something so beautiful when you when you are allowed you know and the stage is porous you know and, and people flow into it and out of it effortlessly and with their dignity and identity intact <laughs> right they aren't asked to then shift and become something else and uh and I think also because Jackie was an educator he really found that that students always need experience, and every professional also needs experience. Yeah. And uh, I remember very clearly when I moved to New York, before I started school, we went and saw Jackie and the Apollo Stompers play at Trumpets in Jersey. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to go see my teacher. So me and a friend, somehow we got to Jersey. I have no I was idea how. I going to say that. I have no idea how we got out That's there. That's an effort.
0: You had, you had to want to <laughs> This was in 1993.
1: There. I didn't know nothing about no training, no nothing. And, um, but we got there.
0: Not to insult our Jersey brethren and sisters. Yeah, but uh, you know,
1: ain't no trains in Houston, Texas. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not even close. So all of that was a mystery. So we got there and they start playing. And in one of the breaks of the songs, Jackie pulls out all of these kind of like slide whistles, you know? And then the band had them. I was like, that's like almost like that's who I'm about to study with? <laughs> he wasn't doing that on the records I had. Right. <laughs> but I always thought, like, oh, wow, this is, you know, like he thinks about the way music functions, you know, all its history, all its technique, and all its entertainment, too, you know. And, uh, and, and he knew how to, like you said, put on a show.
0: Yes. Yeah, he, yeah, the whole package. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That uh, porosity, does that uh, also apply to the audience?
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, like he wants people to interact, definitely. Um I mean in the live recordings I listen to of Jackie, like he's he's also very vocal, you know, like he's into the the call and response with the band. You hear him Ah, you know, even at the here at the end of this track, you hear him kinda like say to himself, Well, I made through that one, you know. <laughs> like he makes his own comment to himself. Like a comedian who laughs at their own jokes yeah. sometimes on yeah. stage. Like it kinda like it lets everybody know that they're real, right? they there's dimensions to the artist. Uh, and wow, you know, like these aren't things I would have necessarily understood. I don't under, I wouldn't have I didn't understand that back when I was a student. But now kinda like, you know, far removed from my years at Manhattan School of Music and understanding what it takes to have a career you know, on the stage and what it demands and the kind of integrity you want to maintain through a long career that Jackie was able to and also instill in his students. Wow. You have to keep reexamining it all. Uh, you cannot get stuck. And uh, Jackie, you know, always knew, had maneuvers to pull himself out, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, let's uh, hear a little bit more of this. And um, we have this show we're listening to is a live performance at the Public Theater In 1989 here in New York City, you heard a solo piano piece. What is the name of that piece?
1: Uh, I forget, but I want to say I thought it was like the family suite, but I would have to confirm that by looking at my records again. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: And then the quartet comes on. It's a killer quartet. And then his large ensemble, Apollo Stompers. So it's a real, this night was a celebration of Jackie Bard's musicianship and band leading and um, a real kind of fantastic survey and he wears it so elegantly mm-hmm. um where do you want to go Should well we just keep I, going
1: yeah i want to hear this quartet i mean this is four years before i arrive in new york and i mean this is a special time and i feel like in in jackie's career um <laughs> just because he's you know like first of all um, let's just pause for a second say the public theater had jackie byard in there in three different formats in one concert yeah and um i'm just trying to think about the last jazz concert i've seen at the public theater uh, uh too
0: true that was that was an ongoing series it was and mm. they were really great yeah. they had fantastic programming yeah and every time i was there a place was packed yeah
1: new, new york is a special city clearly for 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 music and uh and also you know theaters evolved too um but I but I love knowing that this where this was. I remember a great concert I saw of Jackie and Greg Osby playing duo at the Brooklyn Museum. Do you remember that concert? They played mm-hmm. outside. Like I would follow Jackie clearly to wherever he was, he was <laughs> yeah. to hear him play. So this is good to hear, just kind of in in reorienting my uh, way with the city. Uh,
0: so all right, well, who's
1: the quartet? This is Roy Haynes on drums, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Ricky Ford on tenor saxophone.
0: And there is some deep history among these guys Mm, they're uh on one another's records there's the uh the mingus overlap with ricky ford there's roy haynes out of the afternoon Mm. that uh jackie Mm. i think's on that one and so they these guys uh Mm. yeah there's some real real glue holding these guys together and here we go Uh, you are listening to deep focus on mitch goldman very fortunate To have Jason Moran and Alicia Hall Moran here in the studio, and uh, they will be at Carnegie Hall on March 30th. Are tickets still available, by the way? Yes,
1: a few (laughs) hundred.
0: Better move fast. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When you hear about what's happening in this show, you're not going to want to miss it. Um, So, yeah, let's go back, uh, wow, 30 years ago uh, next week Mm. at the Apollo, uh, the Apollo, Apollo Stompers. Okay, but they're coming later. The Public Theater here in New York on WKCR.
2: Thank you very much. Oh, boy. Thank you very much, this beautiful audience. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we we got a big program for you here. We got the Paula Stompers. We have a man I haven't recorded with since 1961. And here we are recording again. I'm talking about Roy Haynes, how about giving Roy Haynes a great big round of applause? Roy Haynes, Roy Haynes, you got it. Roy Haynes, Done! All right. (laughs) Now we bring Bob Cranshaw. Keep on going, Roy. All right, Bob Cranshaw. Here's Bob Cranshaw. Here he is.
3: with him in the past uh, when was the last
2: time 65 yeah and now our junior member these are all senior members of the jazz world Ricky Ford Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a night. It's wet. That's when it's good, when it's wet. Woo. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Water is the main source of life. That settles that, doesn't it? Anyway, here we go with a little composition. It's an adaptation from a song that I had written in Oslo about four or five years ago. And we're going to dedicate this to Joseph Pop, and we'll call it Joseph Pop's Lament. Lament. One, huh? All right. Wow. Yeah. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> Roy is yeah. Bob Ricky. We'd like to continue with a, a composition we call Searchlight Number no. Two. I had the great pleasure recording this, I think we did it together with Booker Irwin, right? So this is called Searchlight Number no. Two with Ricky Ford, another generation.
0: Haynes. nobody nobody wanted that one to end they, i think they just wanted to keep that that finish going the rest of the night right. you are listening to wkcr i'm mitch goldman i have the great pleasure of having alicia hall moran and jason moran here in the studio with me i'm a little amazed that they have time to do this considering the scope of the program they are presenting next week next saturday the 30th at carnegie hall which I'm going to ask you guys about in a little bit. There's got to be, uh, it's got it's a tall order. You guys have taken on a, a mighty challenge, I
1: think. We have some beautiful people with us, but um, Jackie Byard has got us here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, reason to, to get out of the house, I got to say, or to stay in the house if you're listening. On you know, the-
1: we live uptown, so you know this is this is our hood. So <laughs> not only does WKCR stay on in the house and in the car, so. We jumped at the opportunity of your beautiful invitation because I listen to this show quite frequently uh, to be able to come on and share. I mean, I've been in this room many times with Von Freeman and Muhal Richard Abrams, and I mean, I've been in here—wow! Like talking some mess for some years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great to be in here with Alicia for for the first time, Alicia on WKCR. Oh.
0: Driver
1: seat, driver's seat.
0: <laughs> I'm honored. I truly am. So uh, this is this was a speaking of ambitious programs, and we were talking about the public theater used to do these um, fantastic jazz programming. It's not too late for you guys to get back into that if anybody from the public theater is listening. Mm. And uh, this was so we heard uh, the be- very beginning of the set, a solo piece from Jackie Bayard. Um Coming up is the large ensemble Apollo Stompers, and Jackie also mm. chose. To put this brief set from that quartet in that we just heard Roy Haynes, Bob Crenshaw, Ricky Ford. And, uh, you know, there's just, they're just such a joy that comes mm. through mm-hmm. from Jackie Byard.
1: Yeah, he's effusive. You know, I think maybe when I first met him, he had this Frederick Douglass hair. Ah. And I had never seen that in person. Like. <laughs> Why are you looking like that, Alicia? <laughs>
4: Keep going. Well,
1: uh, and you know when I say so, when I say something about effusive, like he's—it's everywhere. In him. You know, he'd wear this tie to his lessons, and it had the planets and the moons on it, right? And he'd have this kind of camel-colored sport coat, and he'd get to the piano, and then he knew that some kid with germs was at the piano before him, <laughs> so he'd pull out his. His uh, spray to disinfect the <laughs> piano, and he's pss, you know. And then one day he also brought in. I think he mistakenly brought in Raid instead of the <laughs> disinfectant. So he, pray, he sprayed the piano with Raid, and I was like, "All right, Jackie, you know, you know don't spray my piano." No. <laughs> but um, you know, like yeah, he's effusive, and he like you know I think a bit said earlier like he really. Promotes the energy on the bandstand And uh, you could hear in that one In the middle of it he switches to a song called 12 And, uh, and the band just kind of churns loose From this slow blues to this quicker one And you know That relationship he had with Roy Haynes You know like we were saying off air Was that this this Massachusetts relationship You know Worcester and Roxbury and uh, And they You know they play together Playfully you know And maybe that's the thing that I really have always loved about how Jackie sounds and the bands he puts together is because you can only be so serious with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: He's uh Yeah. Go ahead.
4: Oh yeah. Driver's seat. So I remember at Manhattan School of Music, you know, some of the the teachers, the star teachers would have their own office. And, uh, you know, the piano would have, like, you know, the little, like, s- scarf on it, and they have a little plant and a nice lamp or a plaque, or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, Jackie had a typical practice room. You know, he wasn't fussy. But when you would step in there, you really felt like you were coming to his house. Oh. But he didn't do it with a lot of ornamental or fashion or... You know uh, uh, his his own fashions mm-hmm. for sure, but you know it was just nothing fussy. It was like his effusiveness was like a like I said the word today a vibration in the air, and I would come in, and that was one of the first people who called me maybe the first your lady. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah 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 yeah, he Brought your lady.
3: <laughs> I and did. I thought wow, that you know
4: he's so classy. <laughs> yeah, and he And he treated me like this not you know well sit over there till we finish or 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 any other kind of um thing it was like going in, into his home so the air was thick with i love that you say he was uh, disinfecting stuff cuz yeah the air was filled with something but well, it was he used to smoke like in there too. sweet you know it was it was a home it was it like was, uh, him you know it, it was filled with with him so when you went in there like respect was taught by your survival in the space. So yeah, you're gonna talk. Yeah, you're going to participate in the music. If he asks you to play something, you're going to play. Jason is walking around telling this people that I, I play piano, <laughs> you know? But what he's really saying is no, she has sound in her and you can hear it because that's what we do. Mm. It's not a secret, you don't put it in your back pocket. You 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 put it out there, you show. And so I got trained really early on on how Jason makes this living room. And I kind of only making that connection right here, hearing you talk about Jackie in this way, because in many reviews, Jason will get, you know, or it, things we do together, they say, oh, they made the space in their living room, or it was like coming, you know, to a dinner table with them, or, or we, you know, we we felt that they they, they were just, you know, g- kind of lazing about. Making, making sounds and telling stories about their, their family mm. and where they, they brought their friends on stage or they rolled in with this tribe of people and tried to make this thing one day in this museum, this kind of thing. But I think that is what it is to be in, a, in the world with Jason and with the comrades who have really stuck with him. That's always what it feels like. When they're together, you in their house. But when I'm with him, they're in our house and we make space for each other. Mm.
0: There's also that we talk about that uh kind of open spirit and lightheartedness. Mm. There's never any question
3: <laughs> right? that
0: he's taking the music mm. seriously. Mm-hmm. He's not like goofing about that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now there's there, there's so much um precision in his in his touch and the sound, uh how he writes, you know, his compositions. I don't know, like, I think, you know, as a pianist, I, I'm I'm always so happy when someone walks up to me and says, oh, you know, I'm just the biggest Jackie Byard fan. Like, this is, you know, I live for his music. And I was like, oh, great, because, you know, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, like, it's rare that an artist like this who understands the scope of kind of, history the way he did through his hands was willing to share that and uh he didn't try to contain it or 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 coordinate off it like he really he left the door open for anybody to walk in so that alicia you know i remember that time when alicia would come to the lessons and what that felt like because i knew that that we together as a couple would be experiencing something that would be quite different uh than uh I may have you know, experienced in my own private lessons without her there.
3: He, he,
4: sorry to interrupt, yeah, go but down. we got to also say, he used to come at that time in that community with those teachers, Betty Allen, mm. great mezzo-soprano, Hilda Harris, mezzo-soprano, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Adele Addison, brilliant soprano. You know, people used to go up in other people's rooms. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. that? I'm listening to that now. That sounds crazy. Mm. But you're in a conservatory. People are spending a lot of money Mm. in loans and tuitions and things to have these 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 hours with these uh with these masters of these uh trades and arts and and what winds up happening is you become part of a community where i don't know that clubhouse Mm. vibe it was like you didn't i don't know what do you think that was why why would you be in well you know what it was they would have you could bring a jazz musician. Oh, snap. Right. You could bring a, so I was in the opera department. You could bring a jazz pianist in for your lesson to play, accompany you, if the music seemed to require that. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, I think that was uh, caught on as Huge. like a fad. That was like, Huge. are you dope enough that you your teacher yeah, is but. letting you? get off the this Mozart handle track for some reason, you sew up on it that now you're going to take this time and do this. Uh, <laughs> what were we doing?
1: Yeah. Well, the, well, the spirituals yeah, for spirituals, sure. Ellington. yeah. Yeah, there was something about, that's what I meant yeah. also. Like when we were at Manhattan School of Music, the relationship to our African-American faculty that was there, which is only a few, and the student body, which yeah. was only a few, and still is only a few. Mm-hmm. That relationship is quite tight, and uh, to be able to survive the program, you have to really be aware of other people who have your back. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in the opera department, they had Alicia had great teachers in those three women she mentioned: Betty Allen, Hilda Harris, and Adele Addison. People who really pushed, you know, their students to understand Mm -hmm. what the culture really means. Same with Jackie did Mm -hmm. too, you know, and that part. You know, it's difficult to teach. You know, but they these musicians really lived through America's evolution. You know, like in a quick evolution too. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, I mean, you really, can
0: yeah just imagine some of the things that Jackie Byard yeah must have yeah,
1: explained. and they're you know and they're mm-hmm. playing music with that intention. You know, uh, it's not devoid of its relationship to how how fraught the times were and mm-hmm. are.
4: You come into town. And it's like if you can make a few bucks, that's because somebody's going to hire you. Not like next week or next month, tonight. Mm-hmm. Like I'm coming in and I have to eat and sleep somewhere. I need to play tonight. And my uh, my experience with one of those teachers, Hilda Harris, was that I learned that when she came to New York, she joined and worked with, in this kind of loose way, the um, Hall Johnson Choir. And Hall Johnson Uh, Hollywood composer, classical violist, Broadway uh, player, conductor, and Hall Johnson Choir creator here in the city and then into L.A., he, like, you know, had this open door because he needed the voices. Mm. So if somebody gets a gig, they're gone. But if a mezzo a mezzo is coming to town, coming off the bus, where are you coming from? Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Maryland, Georgia, what you need? You have voice, come in here. And, you know, you'd be on the concert that week or next week. And so, you know, I think that's also what we think of as like casting or how am I going to. But it's so related to how will I ever Live in this city when there's not that pit stop for school, mm. where you get to kind of figure it out. Like somebody's buying the toilet paper for a dorm where you live. You kind of you feel like you don't have money, but if you're in school, you you kind of you kind of do in a way that you don't realize because your your body is safe. Well, you, you have hope.
0: The, you have the luxury of time.
4: Yeah, it feels this way. So I think part of what Jason and I just together in a couple, we kind of like by being married and we have these cute kids that <laughs> eat all the time and they talk all the time. They're just like me. They like raise the stakes. So I think sometimes when me and Jason come out on the stage, it feels so dangerous because it's like you don't know what we was talking about <laughs> about 20 minutes ago. Mm, but it's like, goes. hey, Jay, is your head still on? My head's still on. Are we bleeding? Okay, no. Let's go (laughs) and cut that love song and put this song in, and we just rip off. I mean, sometimes that's how it feels, and other times it's so beautiful and so intimate because we know something is happening in in the real life, and this song just, man, it will just sock you in the chest. Like it's like, these are good lyrics. (laughs) These are like. So that's kind of like, am I gonna eat tonight? How will we sleep tonight? Mm. What will it be like on the ride home? You know, th- that's a little bit of how I think we're managing to get an energy into our music that maybe maybe by our experience we don't deserve.
0: I think you earn it every day. You gotta, oh, <laughs> you thank gotta, you. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't just get given away. <laughs> <you know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> True that. Alicia Hall Moran and Jason Moran are at Carnegie Hall on March 30th. Tickets still available. And uh, you're listening to WKCR. We are we are deep in deep focus. This is what this show is all about. I'm uh, such a privilege. We're going to be turning the focus in a little, little later in the show to the magnificent Nina Simone, who, to my amazement, looking back, has never been the subject of deep focus, mm, cool interestingly. Jackie Bard was once, mm-hmm. and um, that was a great show too. But, um, no, this is going to be, this is, just, this is just a great night. Mm-hmm. Great night here at WKCR. Um, the, the ensemble changes here in the program. We're listening to this program from 30 years ago next week. March of 1989 at the Public Theater, and we heard Jackie Byard solo, we heard Jackie Byard in this magnificent quartet, and now it's Apollo Stompers. Jason Moran, what, uh, what is that, what is Apollo Stompers all about? I think a lot of people have the wrong idea of that.
1: Oh, you know what, you know, you shouldn't ask me about, like, what, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could remember Jackie Byard telling me about it the first time he told me about his big band, the Apollo Stompers, and i so I'm, I'm now, like, only parts of it are coming back in the constellation of my memory. But
0: Well, people, I was making reference to the fact that a lot of people have the idea, oh, it must be about the Apollo Theater or something. But it's actually more referencing the god Apollo, as I understand it.
1: Oh, yeah. So, oh, see, I was see, thinking see. outer space. <laughs>
0: That could be too. It works on so many that's levels. Stomping on that's what I say.
1: All metaphors Waitless. apply. That's Alicia's thing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's why it's a good name.
1: Yeah. Well, that's Jackie. For real. You know, but there's a track here. I don't know if you want to start there, but there's you, a track wherever you call it. You call it's it. It's called Aluminum Baby. <laughs> Aluminum Baby. And I asked his daughter Diane about mm-hmm. where the title came from, and now I'm only remembering half of the story. But, but I said he's she said that he was watching a, a television show and the and the, the star of the television show came out in this this kind of like this sequined silver dress and then he and Jackie turned to his wife Louise and said aluminum baby <laughs> <laughs> He's a poet, Jackie. Yeah, yeah come he, on now. his
4: language is like really amazing, <laughs> and his artwork—you know, all those uh, drawings yeah. on yeah. the sheet music that he would put—was yeah. that with pencil? Yeah, with pencil. The, yeah. In pencil, my gosh! Yeah. Okay. You know, he <laughs> is like a, just a high-level esthetician.
0: Yeah, tell us about these drawings because uh, I don't amazing. know about those. Oh,
1: yeah, he would—he would for the, all his sheet music that he'd make, he'd yeah. make his own covers for them. So sometimes it'd be calligraphy, sometimes it'd be some geometric drawing, sometimes it'd be a still life of flowers, you know. And a few years ago, or maybe five or six years ago, there was an exhibition at the Whitney Museum called Blues for Smoke, named for one of Jackie's records. And the curator, I'm forgetting his name now, but the curator was a huge Jackie Byard fan. And so we were talking about this, and I said, yo, Jackie is not here with us anymore, but he would love nothing more than his drawings to be in this catalog. So I gave him some of the drawings that I had from the music that I had, and and they put him in the catalog. And and you know, but now he's a, he was a real artist, uh, like you said, all the way through.
4: People used to buy <laughs> people used to buy sheet music at the store, and they all had a cover. Mm. I mean, Shermer or a few of them would have that standard thing in the classical, mm. like the yellow with the b- th- squiggles on the outside. But for the most part, you could, all, yeah, remember, and you yeah, or you would, would hear a song, yeah. or you would get a, oh, a yeah. theme song yeah. to a TV show, and you buy the, and it would have oh, a yeah. photo
1: of Cheers. All Billy.
4: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, 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 I, yeah. Maybe,
4: um, yeah, that was like a big thing. You would buy stuff because that photo on the front or the picture.
0: Yeah, I have... Um, I have a box of sheet music from the yeah. 40s, 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. They're all, they, that was, well, the whole music business came out of, really, out of the music publishing business. Mm-hmm. Before recordings, they would mm-hmm. sell sheet music for people to play in their home. Mm-hmm. And there were all, show tunes, all that, all the standards that came from, mm-hmm. yeah, like a, you know, four-page or six-page folded yeah. sheet music with Gorgeous covers. Beautiful. And it was
4: now. It wasn't like a dusty, musty experience and brittle and don't touch them and under plastic. It was like, no, there would be something going on in a visual culture. Yes. Like you could get any art on a a piece of music and then buy it, just like you used to file through records, Uh you know, with your fingers. It wasn't precious. It was like the lure. It was like, oh, we this is how we want you in here.
0: Did you ever buy an LP just because it had a cool cover?
4: Oh, I, you know that's such a good question. I think I thought that Purple Rain was one of the coolest covers I ever saw, but that music was something I wanted. Oh, did I? Did I ever? Did I do that? I think with hip hop. A little bit,
3: yeah. but <laughs> but
4: you never would be disappointed.
3: Yeah, So yeah. I didn't
4: know what Fireside. Well, I never, but oh. but when you, you <laughs> saw that twisted cover yeah. in the way, or Daylight La in that yellow, yeah. you, yeah. there would just be things you would see, or in. R&B too, like, you know, if they look like they look was together, Mm -hmm. they had a concept Mm -hmm. and they were rolling on something. It's so interesting to look at that in retrospect and see Mm. how those business people were putting those things together. Yeah. But that was following fashion, was following painting. It was such a great, rich era. And by rich, I mean maybe the opposite of rich. Maybe I mean more like mineral, Mm. more like... Yeah. Like you yeah, could yeah, yeah. want to bite this thing mm-hmm. in the soil. Like you see something shiny on the floor and you just pick it up, or you see, you see a lady's coat. And it has like a fur on the outside. and You just touch the fur on the outside. You know, like this kind of stolen. <laughs> yeah. Thing. You know, yeah. just little like oh, like a baby. You know. <laughs> uh huh. Or smell. You know, a marker or something. I don't know things you did as a kid. But that's how it used to feel to get in this music. And I did want to say. Yes. I said passenger seat. Oh, no, no, driver's seat because when you're riding with Jason listening to the music like I was thinking of people who would be listening to this like they're being forced to listen to this because someone's listening to this in the car and they don't want to hear <laughs> me <laughs> talk. They want to hear Jason talk about like Jackie's secret secrets but they're getting me but then like for the passenger in the car. <laughs> this is for you. So I want to one, this, this is, is for you. <laughs> Two, I've been the passenger and what I have picked up by just doing the driving or doing the cooking while the thing, what I have learned about the majesty of the whole purpose of the music far surpasses anything that I think sometimes I was meant to be taught about things that I was meant to be doing. Mm. The things that just randomly fall off of jazz, Mm. like some of this writing y'all get, some of these Mm. writers you have, some of this, so, yeah, some of th- 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 this, this placement of what we call, where I'm coming from, the black body, mm-hmm. this placement of, or even integration. Like, what does that mean? It don't mean two people standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. Though we had to fight tooth and nail for that mm-hmm. ability to touch the same Bible, for instance. But, you know, really just like watching these men and women struggle with this sonic thing and the weight of the history it is such an honor. I'm, I'm, dang, if you're a passenger and you don't know who I am or who Jackie was and you're just being made to listen to this, I just, man, g- God bless you because I'm you but you're going to get something <laughs> out of this.
0: Alicia Hall Moran and Jason Moran wrestling with some huge, not wrestling, dancing with some yeah. big ideas and uh, considering and Tasting and smelling and reimagining and sharing them with you anew. It's happening next Saturday at Carnegie Hall, March 30th, and not in, not in the recital hall, not in the Hall. Nothing wrong with those places. We're talking the big boy, Stern Auditorium. Have you guys, let me just let everybody know, um, you are listening to WKCR-FM New York. WKCRHD1 WKCR.org uh, Program's called Jazz Alternatives Every once in a while on these Monday nights I get to bring you this show We call Deep Focus I'm Mitch Goldman I have a guest come in the studio And we the uh, guest chooses the topic of deep focus And this show This is what it's all about Alicia and Jason uh, Right now we've got the lens on The magnificent Jackie Bayard. And uh, we're also going to, got some live music from Nina Simone coming your way a little bit later, too. But um, all right, I'll tell you what. We're going to hear Aluminum Baby. I was going to ask you guys about um, Carnegie Hall, of course. Mm. You, all, that's all you have to say. And everybody's, you know. genuflecting and with good reason and all the magnificent history that's happened there but it's also a unique sonic environment and mm. I'm curious if you guys are thinking about that and how you how one uses that because you and you're bringing all these textures and sounds yeah. in there I'd
1: say that anyone who wants to know
0: should come. <laughs> you gotta come you, gotta <clears throat> come find but,
1: you know that you know we've seen many concerts in there from Shirley horn to mm. you know, awesome. to Renee Fleming to you know, I performed
4: uh, there in high school, the Four A Requiem with a choir. Wow! Yes, was, Alicia's been yeah. in there. Honestly. Yeah, I me. Mean, <laughs> Sixteen. So we're trying to, you know, we're it trying, is.
1: we're we're inviting a, a large cast of people. Yeah, uh, which we'll dive into later, but but so that we keep rethinking how the place sounds in moments, uh, and that will expose, you know, part of what we think the the majesty of that hall is. And for, you know, over 100 years, the people they've invited to break sound in there. Uh, so we know that we're also part of that continuum, and we care about that, you know. But, it'll be, but it's going to be magnificent, yeah. We're keeping it very um, mm. specific.
0: mm. I'm intrigued. I am intrigued.
4: Carnegie's keeping it specific. (laughs) They were like, "Where is your program? (laughs) (laughs) What year did they? Were they born?" Like it is on. They are. There's a. You want to build a big house? You have to. I mean, they keep you in all of the checks, and they don't force anything. They they don't say what you have to do. They say we have to spell it right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like intense. So that's bringing out a part of Jason and I that causes us no end of giggles.
0: And I think you know we all say Carnegie. I think they say Carnegie, Carnegie, yeah. Carnegie Hall.
1: Yeah, yeah. They do. I first heard Art R- Blakey say it that way. Actually, no. I heard Reggie Workman imitating Art Blakey say it that way. Actually, no. It was Wayne Shorter imitating Art Blakey say it that way. And Art Blakey was mad once he had played Carnegie Carnegie Hall. He was playing at Birdland, and Wayne said he was there, <laughs> and he heard all these people talking. And he just stopped the band. He said, "Y'all wouldn't do this in Carnegie Hall, you know." Like he was like, "Y'all shut up in here! Like we're playing." <laughs> I never forget that riding with Wayne Shorter, talking, and he gave me that story. Anyway, oh, but yeah, man. but yeah, uh, it's, it's but yeah, it's intense. a special, it's a listening room, you know. Yeah. To, oh, the last time I fantastic. was in there,
0: I was looking at. Just the physicality of it—it's like a giant horn. Mm. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily realize. Actually, I was in the, mm. way up in the cheap seats. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I realized it. But you look at
1: it—it's—and
0: yeah. uh, you see—you can see all the structure of it. You could, and it's like a big bell yeah. on its side. It's mm-hmm. really yeah.
1: interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll talk about that more in a bit. We are listening to uh just so fortunate having this great live performance of Jackie Byard. I. I I uh, think this is just uh kind of statement of his whole life as a performer and composer and band leader. Um, Aluminum Baby from the Public Theater in March of 1989. It's Deep Focus on WKCR.
2: Thank you. Take another bow, Ed Schiller. All right. We'd like to feature Pablo Calegro on a composition called Out Front. And this composition, uh, Billy Taylor used to play over his jazz show when he was a disc jockey way back in the 60s. I think it was in the 60s. He used to uh, broadcast his show over WLIB. And he always said, What are you on? Are you on? Are you on? You're going to stay, aren't you? All right, good. And uh, this is one of the numbers he used to play one, from one of my albums that's uh, a copper platter, you know. <laughs> uh. I I won the Shammy Awards with it, you know, and all that, you know. And uh, it was a big hit for my family. My family dug it, and my students, and people, my associates. Anyway, here's an adaptation of Outfront, and it features another one of our junior members of the orchestra, Pablo Calegro. Is that right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: We are with Jackie Byard in the public theater, and uh, I'm going to fire that uh, engineer. This guy's incompetent. This is the last gig he does with us, man. That guy. That guy. I'm glad he left the room. I'm saying. Oh, no. You know, I think he's... (laughs) But um, this is a a magic moment, fantastic ensemble, and... um, I'm not even gonna say anything more about it. We're just gonna go right on into back to the show, you hear him? Hold on. Hold on. All right. All's right in the world. Pablo
2: Calegro! You're gonna hear a lot about him. Pablo, think about Pablo. All right. Yeah, Pablo. Take another bow, Pablo. Come on. Take a bow, Pablo. Take another bow. There he is, Pablo. You're going to hear a lot of him. We'd like to feature our, uh, uh, one of our junior members. Um,
0: that is part one of this podcast from March of 2019 with my guests. Jason Moran and Alicia Hall Moran. They were here for a deep focus on the topic of, so far, Jackie Byard. Later in the program, you're going to hear Nina Simone as well. They were gearing up for a program at Carnegie Hall, which obviously already happened in the past. It was fantastic. I was there. I'm sorry you missed it. But don't miss the opportunity to see them. Man, I hope we get back to that point where we can gather in public places, especially for the purpose of listening to music. When we do, I guarantee you, Jason and Alicia are going to be bringing you all kinds of cool new ideas and ways to think about this music. They are coming at it in such interesting and uh, thoughtful ways. They are interrogating the history that this music arose from, and at the same time, extending it in all kinds of new directions. Really, they're they're really doing the work, and uh, keep an eye out for what they're doing. And find yourself some Jackie Byard music. I hope you can buy some downloads or find some LPs, CDs of his. Really something you want to have in your collection. And Nina Simone, of course, just becomes a greater and greater icon uh, with every turn of the world. She, her her spirit seems to just rise higher. So if you don't have any of her music, you want to get some of that too. And if you missed any of this show, hey, guess what? You can download all of it. Uh, you can also subscribe to Deep Focus. You can get dozens of other episodes that I've uploaded and more and more coming every week. ...through the Deep Focus Podcast. And a uh, home base for us is Podbean. You can find us at MitchGoldman.Podbean.com. MitchGoldman.Podbean.com. You can find it all on the Podbean app. Or uh, you can look up Deep Focus on Apple Podcasts... ...as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play... ...blah, blah, 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 blah. All free, always free, ad-free i'm paying for all this my own self and uh, happy to provide it for you and i guess if we're asking anything in return if you like it please do subscribe and uh rate us hopefully you give us good rating uh which does make a difference in terms of other people finding us and let people know about us you can email friends you could send them that address that mitchgoldman.podbean.com or you know just tell the folks you're, you're like me you know um, I got some friends that love this music. I know a lot of other people that uh, look at me kind of cross-eyed when I talk to them about it. And guess what? This is a great way to share that music and don't cost them nothing. And um, we're getting listeners all over the world, which is really exciting. And you are among them. How about that? Okay, this is a three-part Deep Focus. And uh, parts two and three are available as well. So uh, move on to part two and enjoy my program from March 2019 with Jason Moran and Alicia Hall Moran on Deep Focus.